StravaCraft coffee is the rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. Supporting our partners is supporting us, as we are maybe firstly starting to get out as the order was lifted for stay-at-home, at least for now, in Denver and the, the surrounding area. But you can get StravaCraft and purchase online 20% off when you use code DNVR20. They're awesome over at StravaCraftCoffee.com. If you're hitting up now, you missed out on your chance to win your $1,000 gift card, but still an amazing product. It's been known to help with all sorts of aches and pains, including migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, many others as well, and the CBD is non-psychoactive. So jump on it, 20% off, code DNVR20. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call JT Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They can hook you up with all of your alcohol needs that you desire from either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Joining me is A.J. Hayfley. We're going to be talking about some historical stuff in the draft a little bit later in the show, but we wanted to kind of start off where we left our last show, and that being... The Avs potentially looking at a Reinhardt, potentially looking at a Taylor Hall. How do they find that top six forward? And someone in our DNVR lounge, shout out, if you haven't joined it yet and you are a member of DNVR, you can go onto the website and click the lounge button on the top bar to get in. It's a Discord channel where we all hang out and chat all day long about all the sports you can imagine. Highly recommend that. But we were asked about Mikhail Granlund, someone we did not talk about on the show as a potential sixth man in the top six for the Avs. Now, Granlund is a pending free agent, so this would be a free agent situation where they would acquire him that way. There would be no trading involved like a Reinhardt. He was having quite a bit of a down year in Nashville with 30 points in 63 games. We kind of talked a lot about how everything has gone Kind of wonky with that Nashville forward core. So potentially a buy-low candidate in that regard. Everybody that's gone to Nashville in the last few years has watched their numbers drop. Yep. Everybody, all the big names that have gone there have all seen a uh, drop in production. Some of that is just because they're deep. And so, you know, naturally. Uh, but some of that is also because they play through their defense the way that they do so much. They run so much of their offense through the back end. And, hey, they've had a talented back end. It makes sense. But when it comes to trying to pay some of these guys, um, you know, this was not a good thing for Mikhail Granlund. Uh, he was a, he had a couple of back-to-back 60-point years. And 
then his last year in Minnesota was doing just fine. He had 49 points in 63 games and then got traded to Nashville where he has subsequently scored 35 points in 79 games as a Predator. Not been fun times for him down there Which in Nashville. Yeah, is by far the worst uh, full pro season he would have ever had. Just the last the, and, those seventy nine games that he's spent in Nashville, and this be his worst full season is a guy who's twenty eight this year. So this should be the dead right. heart of his prime, really. Yep, he should have been looking at that. Uh, he had seasons of sixty nine and sixty seven points in Minnesota. And then a 49 points in 63 games before the trade at that deadline, he should have been looking at that as a jumping off point into going into a big contract. And it's been the exact opposite for him. And so that's why when we talk about free agency, we mention him as kind of a guy, well, hey, instead of giving this guy seven and a half million, because he can't go out on the on the open market and ask for that. What, you know, maybe, maybe this is a guy willing to take a one year deal at, you know, four million dollars to try and boost that stock, go out and have a very productive season and have free agency, take another shot at free agency uh, again when he turns 29. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, has always been more of a playmaker uh, than a goal scorer. Great hands, great vision, great creativity with the puck. Does a does a great job of creating space for and and hitting teammates. Not as much of a natural pure goal scorer. You know, the twenty goals is as much just about him being in consistent offensive situations as anything else. But yeah. is much more of a playmaker and is much more of a make the guys around him better. And when you talk around, when you talk about him in Colorado, you know, naturally you want to, you want to start with him on the left side. Uh, You want to, you want to be on the left side of Kadri and Burakovsky, who are two guys you want to shoot. So I think that it's a pretty natural fit and would certainly work out. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, they're, I think the passing side of things can fit well, right? Because you look at what the abs have, at least in the immediate, if you're giving him that short-term deal, great. That's a weapon that you can put on the opposite of Burakovsky and say, all right, we're acquiring Burakovsky to shoot. We have Granlund to sit here and just feed him pucks, basically. Mm-hmm. So from that regard, I think it fits from your standpoint of how we talked about the Avs building a line, and this doesn't have to be in the top six, but one that is a a true shutdown capable line. I don't think he does a lot for them there. No, he doesn't address that need at all. Uh, But he does, he does bring high offensive upside where, you know, maybe in, in a dream world and everything goes perfectly. He helps your second power play unit too, because he probably wouldn't be on that first one. You think um, it'd be Kadri, at least initially. 
Yeah, but then but then you'd have a really nice start to that second unit with a Granlund and a Burakovsky yep. and a Gerard or a Byram, you know, depending on what happens on the back end there. I mean, it's you not know, just a bunch of guys on the forward side. Anymore. Right, it's yeah. not your leftover guys. You know, then then with Donskoy and Comfer and Jost, like you start to have some pretty intriguing pieces there on a second power play unit. Um, but he obviously he raises the floor of that unit, and you know again we're you're getting into a little bit of roster min maxing at that point where he's not the he's not the Taylor Hall level of upgrade where you drop him in and it makes every it makes it all the other forwards around you better. Uh, but he certainly has the potential to come in and and give you 55 points. I mean, this is a guy that you could save thirty-five to forty assists next to shooters like Kadri and Burakovsky. It's not an it's not an unrealistic ask whatsoever, and that's really what you would be hoping to get from him. My yes, that I think that's that's a realistic expectation. My fear there is: is this a band aid? Because obviously, on Granlin's side of things, he's not going to be looking for term for the the amount of money that's likely to be offered for him in this ufa well you could you might be able to you might be able to have that conversation too where you say hey maybe maybe give him a a four-year deal Uh, you know what five five and a half yeah somewhere i think i think probably five five and a half is i think that's a good range he's at five seven five now yeah um so i don't you know he's you don't want to go into UFA and take like a big pay cut. Uh, he's going to have to do, he's going to have to take some kind of a pay cut, but if you could get him four years at $5 million, I think that would be just solid. Yeah, I think that's uh, worth doing. We've seen his underlying numbers. The last three years have been the best of his career, including this season, both offensively and defensively uh, in terms of driving play the ways, the, the way that you want. And, I think next to guys like Kadri Burakovsky, he'd be he'd be a very good fit. And you know, if you get him for his ages twenty eight through thirty two seasons on like a four year ish deal, yeah, you know, his relatively him, mitigated aging risk at that point. You're right, and at five million dollars, you're not talking about a guy that you're paying to be a premier player for you, but an important contributor. Sure, he would need to be he would need to be good, but you're not asking him to be special, you're not asking him to to have a career high in points, anything like that. You're just talking about him coming in and really boosting your secondary scoring a little bit, and and just kind of kind of raising that level up again and giving another guy that can come in and do uh, something that they don't really have right now. Yep. Um, just in terms of uh, realistic production possibilities. So, you know, shorter term, longer term. They they could they could easily afford both because he's not a guy that you really have to worry that much about. But sure. they would definitely benefit more from a depressed market and him coming off a down year, where he could look at this and say, "Hey, this is the most explosive offense out that 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 can afford to pay me right now. I'm going to go and put myself in that situation, and I'm going to go see how it goes." He's also very familiar with the Avs. He's played his entire career in the Central. Yep, would be would be very easy for him um be a very natural transition for him in terms of play style opposition places he's going to be he's going to be playing in buildings he's been playing in his whole career so no major changes here 
You know, it's not like a guy going from one conference to the other where the play style is a little bit different. You know, he's comfortable with everything that would be going on. And he would get dropped into a lineup where uh, he doesn't have to be the man, but he can. he's going to be around talented players no matter what his role is. He's going to be around good offensive players. It's, and I think that that gives him an opportunity. It's the best really opportunity there is for him to hit that upside, basically. Because yeah. if he's struggling, then the abs can cover it a little bit. If he's clicking on all cylinders, then the abs will give him guys that can finish around him. So, yeah, it, there's not no risk, obviously. You know, he could sign that yeah. deal, and maybe it turns out he is just a 35 point player now. But yeah, and and then you know you move on. Yep. You you know you whatever. And if you give him a four year deal and he has a thirty point season for you then he looks like the guy that you try to entice Seattle to take off your hands pretty much because he would be a, he would make perfect sense for them trying to start out too. So it's not like you would be tied to him forever. Um, but, but it would be a situation where you could have the flexibility of, of various amounts of term on a deal and having a role and having the cap space to sign him to do whatever they want to do really they would be able to accomplish with Granlund and he's he's an intriguing guy just because of his potential and and where he's coming from at this point uh in his career he's not looking at breaking the bank yeah right there when it comes to free agency if you're not going out after the big fish like a Taylor Hall mhm this is the type of thing that you look at where is the market inefficiency on a guy that you can get value on Mm-hmm. And Mikhail Granlin is potentially that. Definitely. So I guess we can wrap up the first period there as if the Avs do get Mikhail Granlin on a four-year deal at five-ish million dollars, I will be celebrating with a Breckenridge Brewery as they are the official beer of DNVR. Cannot wait to drink a few with everyone in the DNVR fam whenever the bar does finally get opened back up. But until then, you can always head down to the farmhouse in Littleton to pick up your beer and get a meal as well. Plus $5 off when you use code DNVR. They have all of your favorite Breck beers. You can get the 15-can sampler pack if you want. For pickup, call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. every single day. Or you can always get your Breck brew delivered through an app like Drizzly. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Another place you can pick up your Breckenridge brew. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. So, the Avs have options in free agency, but it's... Probably a little bit on the back burner right now with the assumption that the draft is coming sooner rather than later. I wanted to take a look at the historical top end we can expect for the Avs roughly around where they're drafting. We don't have a pick dead set, but you assume mid to late 20s is going to happen for the Avs based on the systems that have been floated out there. AJ and I went and looked from 2010 to 2016, so recent draft history, at some of the best options. Should we start with the forwards, AJ? There sure are a bunch more of them. Yeah, I think we should start at forward, and we should start by saying that the the reason, you know, as we're kicking off kind of our draft coverage and starting to switch more into that being our main focus here, you want to know what history tells you about the draft, right? Like, 
the the history of the tenth overall pick may not be very good. It's just it just more means like there's a gap in in player evaluation right there, right? Yep. If we go through the the history of the eleventh overall pick, I'm there you'll are find some great players. All stars, like, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, and there's no rhyme or reason why that is the case, but you're looking in a range of of the draft and saying what you know what are we able to realistically expect out of uh, out of certain draft slots and with Colorado very likely picking near the end of the end of the end of the first round, we wanted to kind of go through history, recent history, because like what happened in 1980 you know, just doesn't matter. Well, yeah. and what happened, even what happened, what happened in 2002 doesn't really right. have a huge impact because it's the way that scouting and the way that the league has changed, the, the emphasis on certain things has changed right. so much. Anything pre full season lockout is just it's a different universe yeah for sure and and it's so much has changed since then so we were kind of we were kind of curious what we would be looking at and we stumbled upon uh, some interesting thoughts now that now that we've looked into it a little bit and that's what this is about i do want to say we're looking at some of the best options that have come out of the last handful of drafts yeah so this is the high, high end of what the Avs could end up with. It, right. it, there's a very real expectation that whatever they draft does not turn into some of these players. But to yeah. back end on that, the gold standard from 2010 to 2016 in the middle of the 20s was Boston with David Pasternak at 25, as far as forwards are concerned. Um, I mean, that's where it's at. Yep. Like, that's... That's one of the picks that that just says, you know, that that everybody else missed on. You know, a, you got you got an obscure check dude. You know, the a little little harder to, little harder to scout sometimes. For sure. Uh, and and quality of the league and the competition and and lots of, all the factors that we always talk about every draft year you know, maybe plays into that one, but flat out the league just missed here because he's, he's one of the most dynamic uh, and special offensive players that we see in the league today. And for 24 teams to have said, no, thanks. 24, 23, 24. Yep. The league just missed. The league just missed. And, Here's the upside in a situation like this for the Avs is we know they're not afraid to go to interesting spots to take their players. They'll take right. Junior A. They've been to the check with Martin Kaut. They're not afraid to draft from Finland, from Sweden, from Russia. They, I don't know when it happened. I don't know. I don't know why it happened, but they have turned into one of the league's most diverse drafting clubs. Yep. Um, we've seen the Junior A route multiple times in the first round. Last year they used uh they used the top one of the top picks in the third round on a kid that is coming out of Canadian prep school. Yep. Uh, you like, can say what you want about the pick, but they're they're out there in these leagues that other teams just don't have the details on. Right. They are they are canvassing. They are all over the place. So for uh, if there's going to be an obscure-ish type guy at the end of the first round, uh that's a little harder to to pluck out of there, you've got to be feeling like the abs have a decent shot at, at being the team that'll find him. Yeah. I I would agree, especially when uh when it comes to those Euros as well. Yeah, they've really man, they go all over the place in Europe these days. Yep. 
So, uh, in the chat, Spence says a Besser type player would be acceptable too. That's just what we're getting to. In 2015, yeah. both Brock Besser and Travis Konechny went 23 and 24. Uh, Konechny obviously developing into a, a star player for the Philadelphia Flyers, and then Besser has continued to be rock steady over in Vancouver as well. Yeah. Um, there, there's a bit of a trend here where almost every single year you can get a high-quality forward in the mid-20s, at least one, sometimes two, sometimes three. Looking at tw- back in 2010, Brock Nelson went 30th, Charlie Coyle 28th, Kuznetsov a bit of a a bit of an outlier there, but went 26th, and then Kevin Hayes at 24. So we're talking a lot of a lot of good forwards, like yep. a lot of good forwards on this list with two in Kuznetsov and Pasternak, who are truly next level, like, yeah, like excellent. Yep. But I mean, these are guys. Kevin Hayes, top six player. Charlie Coyle, top six player. For a long time, yeah. you know, Coyle's more of a middle six guy at this point in his career. Right, but, but when he was younger and, and on a weaker yeah. team, too, admittedly, but... Yeah. I mean, Topps has been a consistent point producer in his career, though. Solid, like, 40-point dude. Yep. You're getting half a point per game plus out of pretty much all of these guys that we've said. And that's... If the Avs get that, they've they've hit a home run right at yeah. 25, six, seven, eight in the draft. Definitely. So this is where they have to prove it, right? They've proven, okay, they can draft in the top 10. Sure. Mm-hmm. Martin Kaut is looking like going to be strong. Obviously Alex Newhook as well. So, okay. They can draft in the teens. Yeah. Great. Their last, First round pick in the twenties was Connor Bleakley. Yeah, a very different organization, mind you. Of course, but still is reality. A lot of the guys in the scouting staff that uh, are are out there on the road right now for this organization were still on the scouting staff back then. Yep, jobs and roles might be a bit different today, but they were around for it. And it's just it's not a team that has much recent history at all at drafting in the 20s because, let's be honest, the 10s were a a mostly rough decade for the Avs. And they it's new territory for certainly Joe Sackick as a GM and the organization as it stands today to what are they going to target? We've seen pretty big shifts over the last couple of years with Sackick's approach to the draft post-WAW. Yeah. And going for that intelligent player, going for that yeah. high-quality skating, it becomes more difficult once you hit pick 20. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to say we want to pick guys who play smart and play fast when you're talking about the smartest and fastest players to draft from. Right. <laughs> um, when you get in, when you get beyond the 20s, you're talking about, you're starting to get into guys with, with deep flaws in their games. Like good prospects, nonetheless. Like not not, but but you're not looking for the complete a guy. Yeah, yeah. You're not looking for a superstar here. You'd love to get one. You'd love to develop one, but 
there's going to be whatever guy they end up with is going to be a guy with a big wart somewhere in his game. Yep. And I think what we've seen, uh, you know, about these forwards is that there's a lot of guys and and that list of, of good players that you've listed off a lot of different kinds of players. It's not, there isn't a trend there for, Oh, this type of guy has worked out and this type of guy hasn't a lot of different styles of player there as well. Is that an indicator that's in the late first, it's just best to take the best player available on your board then versus what versus maybe going off the board a little bit for a organizational need in the late first. Yeah, um, they, I would say, yeah, you want to just take the guy that you think is going to be the best pro that also fits your characteristics that you're after. But like your list should be curated based on those characteristics. So there shouldn't be any tinkering. You shouldn't be messing with your, whatever your board looks like. You get to the 27th pick and the whoever's at the top the of your guy. board. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just take him and you move on. You shouldn't have to be worrying about it too much. Well, for people that like the nine games we saw of him with the abs, Vlad Nemesnikov, also a player, picked 27th overall. And current av Andre Burakovsky, picked 23rd in 2013. So just to back up AJ's mm-hmm. point, you have a sniper in Burakovsky here. You have someone who, you know, challenged for a top six job for a while, but kind of found himself now as a more middle six player and with Mm -hmm. extreme versatility in Nemesnikov. Right. A do-everything-jack-of-all-trades type that's a quality NHL guy in Nemesnikov. And, you know, I think this also shows that... Man, if if I could guarantee that the Avs would get a Nemesnikov out of their first round pick In a heartbeat, man. Yep. Take it and run. The other side of that coin, though, is some of these guys did take some time to develop. A, lo- a lot of the names yeah. on this list did make the jump very quickly, but Burakovsky didn't really break out with Washington. He was a good player for them, but it, not until he joined the Abs was really did he show what he can bring to the fullest. And yeah, I think... We've we've had many conversations about how do the Avs manage that the Tyson Joe situation and 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 all of that. So that's another area where these late firsts look they should be NHLers the majority of the time, regardless. But how can the Avs solve that development? I guess there's gonna be more. Those players need more, as you said. They're gonna have warts and more new territory is what I'm getting at. Right. Longer development track than, oh, we can just drop this guy into the NHL and see how he does. Right. And by the time this, whoever this pick is, kind of gets into that into that mode where we expect them to start actually pushing for NHL time, even if they draft a Euro and he comes to the AHL right away, we don't expect this guy to push for, you know, offense, defense, doesn't matter what position he plays. Uh, we don't expect him to push right away for... Uh, an NHL spot. Certainly not that first year. Yeah. So um, I think, I think it'll be, you know, they will also have this current group that they're trying to procure NHL talent from as well. We'll have a little bit more answers on, you know, we'll just have more proof in the pudding about their development, how good they are at it. And, and if they've been able to make the adjustments 
uh, to try and get more out of their guys than they have in previous in previous years. Yeah, because they are going to take longer. You look at Kevin Hayes went four years in college. Yep. You know, um, Kuznetsov didn't come across the pond for several years, and even then, those guys had a you know they had solid starts to their careers. But it takes a year or two when you get in the NHL. Very few guys just show up and are good in the NHL. It's hard to do. It's rare. You've got to. It takes time. Yep. And so whoever this guy is going to be for the Avs, forward or defender, it's going to be. It's going to take time. And just to kind of circle back to where we started about the Avs having a wide net when it comes to scouting, uh, the list of leagues I see here on these players that we've talked about is the SHL, the USHL, the OHL the EJHL, Minnesota and Massachusetts high schools, KHL with Kuznetsov, of course. So you can really go anywhere in the late first. There aren't, you aren't quite as constrained to, oh, this league had a really strong year. You should pick a guy out of this league or or this or that. It really Mm -hmm. is just the best guy on your board. Definitely. So, We'll wrap up the I mean, second period. As we've I seen guess, with but... forwards, a decent chance to get a good one. Yeah. Every year there is a very good forward picked in the 20s. And there are others that we didn't even include on this list that are like solid type guys, like an Adrian Kempe or something like that. Yep. So forward, there's been some solid, consistent success there. Um, there are always misses, of course. Realistically, you're probably getting an NHLer with good scouting and development. So, before we jump into the defenseman, we'll uh, we'll wrap up the second period there. AJ, question for you, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this or not, but who is the best golfer on the Avs? Uh, probably McKinnon. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Well, given all the time and money he spent on it, fair all enough. The lessons he's taken, but... yeah. He picked up golf in a very serious way, so I would say he's he would be my guess uh, right now. All right. Well, if you want to be the McKinnon of the DNVR golf course, WGT is the game for you. You can head on over to dnvrgolf.com to download the game and join the DNVR clubhouse as well. WGT Golf is the most realistic free golf game and it's loved by more than 20 million players around the world. You can play it anywhere, whether it be on PC or mobily on your phone. They have a bunch of awesome courses, including Pebble Beach, Beth Page Black, and many other true to life ones. At DNVR, we're doing bi-weekly tournaments top the leaderboard right now we had a three-way tie in our first tournament to end things with uh, Harrison Wind our NBA Nuggets beat man taking the crown on that one so get on here and, and take him down we need the abs fan base to to prove that the NHL squad are the best golfers out there that's right com again to download Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. As positive as we are about taking a forward in the 20s, I got to tell you, the defensive side looking for quality picks, and this is upper end. There are there are a number of defensemen who are NHLers, but nothing special. It's pretty, pretty slim. Yeah, um, 
there were five guys that we really kind of dug up out of these draft classes. Yep. And this is out of what, seven draft classes? Seven years of drafting. So you're not even getting one high quality defenseman per year. Yeah. And high quality, um, I mean, that's it, this it list of five. Borderline at the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's generous. Yep. You've got guys like Pissick, Olimata, Mike Matheson, who's been playing Summit forward. Yeah. Uh, Brady Shea and Shea Theodore are really like the top guys um that were that we're talking about over these years and that's hey if they could get a Shea Theodore a Brady Shea an Olimata type I'd be okay with that like that's fine like they're getting a good like a, a decent longtime NHL player yeah the thing we're seeing here though is that there's no there's no really big steal here you know Shea Theodore is quite good as is Brady Shea but we're not talking about High, high, high-end guys. You're not really getting a top-pairing guy if you hit the home run on a defenseman in the 20s. Yeah. You can get a top-four guy, absolutely. But you're not going to... You're not... You're swinging for the fences on a 2-2 count to hit a double, basically. Yeah. the, The difference between this list of the guys in the 20s and the guys in the teens was significant. Yep. It, and and it just drives home the idea that it, teams, if teams like defenders, they take them. Yeah, it, they just go every single year. Defensemen move up into the teens, and they're going to get taken before where the Avs are going to pick in the yep. 2020 draft. It's just going to happen. I've been very, very high on both Gooley and Schneider this year. We, as we're putting our lists together on our own here and, and getting into this draft coverage, the more I look at it, the more I see that those guys just aren't going to be there when the abs pick. Yeah. We're, we're talking. I, I fully expected us to go into this draft process and have conversations about guys like Goulet and Schneider as like the focus of our coverage. Those were the guys that were going to be in our crosshairs. And as we've as we've gone over the last 48 hours and we've really started to put all of this together, started to do the research and you and I are starting to starting to really do some of the legwork here. Yep. That has changed because there's just those guys are just going to go higher. Yeah, they just are. They're going to get drafted higher than that. It's just the reality of the NHL draft class and defensemen being at such a premium in this league. So. The. Yep. Already, the scales have been adjusted when it comes to defensemen in this draft class for the Avs, and this is still there are still finalists to come from all the big names, like when Bob McKenzie will put out his insider list and things like that. That don't be surprised when you see a bunch of defensemen moving on up those lists. Yeah, his list will be interesting because I think there could be a pretty sizable gap between the defensemen that end up making it into the top 20 ish on his list. And then the guys that are that second round caliber, about. basically. Yeah. yeah. Where there could be, I mean, there could be, there could be 15 forwards in between them, you know? Right. And not uncommon. There's a couple of these draft years we saw a defenseman would get picked at 20 and then there would not be another defenseman going in the first round. Yeah, there were some where there were just it wasn't like oh there are bad defensemen here. It's like there were no guys taken. Yep, there you know one guy's been taken and he hasn't done anything yet. You know, like there 
it's just not a great area for drafting these these defenders, you know. And we've even seen, even in very 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 recent years, we have seen uh, a, a major variance in the early returns on some of those picks. Yep. Um, you know, like Chicago drafted Dick Bowden at the end of uh, the first round with the twenty seventh pick. The very next pick, you know, the next two picks were Niles Lundquist and Rasmus Sandin, and both of those guys in the NHL. Well, Sandin are, is anyway. Yeah, they are very encouraging. Yeah. and even the guy taken in before him in Jacob Bernard Docker has had a, a, a strong start to uh, to his to his career, uh, his college career. The guy taken at twenty fourth that year, Philip Johansson, looks like a massive bust for Minnesota. Yeah. So the difference, I mean, the variance between Philip Johansson at 24 and Rasmus Sandin at 29. And, this, and again, these are guys that were just drafted a couple of years ago. Already, the early returns are significant in variance there. The, the, the pendulum, it's, all, it's just all over the place. Yeah. It, and maybe that's one of those things where once you get out of that top crop of defensemen, defensemen just do take longer to develop in most cases. And in the late first, a lot of teams are looking for help on, on the quicker side or, or maybe a little bit less of a project. Mm-hmm. So it seems tough. And, and you're right, in that 2017 draft, it's the outlier where everyone took a D in the 20s. But it, there are just so many variables when it comes into drafting and forwards I don't want to say they take away variables because that's still extremely difficult and there's a lot of complications there as well but they're easier to project yeah the projection of teenage defensemen and how they're going to handle the speed the physicality and the offensive side of things in the NHL that projection is much harder to do with defenders. Yeah. When you're talking about teenage kids that you're trying to project into how, what are the, what is this guy going to look like when he's 24 years old? You're trying to project six years into the future and figure out if this guy's going to be any good or not. And there are so many different factors to that. And as we've seen, history has shown it is much harder to project the defensive side of this, uh, of all these factors than it is forwards. 100 percent um yeah i basically what the abs uh the abs need to do is they need to draft some kids and uh straight up manscape them into nhl players nice. so i dig it <laughs> manscaped. Well, or they should order order manscape kits for each of them individually exactly let them manscape themselves yeah. you don't need anybody else doing that do it yourself with manscapes new perfect package 3.0 kit which comes with the lawnmower 3.0 the best ball hair trimmer in the world as well as the crop preserver their anti-chafe deodorant and the crop reviver a spray on ball toner and refresher to give you that pep in your step plus it all comes with an amazing carrying case that Honestly, it's super convenient. I've never been a person who's used the carrying cases or anything like that because it just felt like more of a hassle. But this thing, you can literally just plop everything into its perfect spot and you're good to go. You got all of your toiletries that you need. So manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free shipping when you use code DNVR20. 
AJ, as we're wrapping up here, I'm still holding out hope as we're going to start to dive into the film quite a bit on these guys over the next month that I'm going to find a defenseman that I fall in love with beyond Gooley and Schneider. But who are you taking? Who, who are you looking at right now before we, we break everything down? Who's your gut telling you the abs want to take? who they want to take or who I want them to take. Let's get who you want them to take first. Uh, the Russian kid, I think really stands out to me. Mook Madulin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good size. KHL experience this year in his draft year. All of that is very intriguing. Um, I'd like to like spend more time obviously on him, but that I think, uh, you know, we just got done talking about, Hey, taking defenseman is really hard. Yep. No but, doubt you know, about it. My, I am who I am. <laughs> my gut says uh, Wallander is going to be an interesting one out of the Swedish leagues. Another pretty I big love guy. Size again. Yeah, six four. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll. I'm sure we'll probably do. I don't know if it'll be film rooms or videos or or something on all of these kids that that could go in the Avs range. So keep an eye out for that. AJ, anything final to add? Uh, nope. It's been a great week, but, uh, my food just got here. So I'm going to go eat that. Ah, perfect timing. All right. Well, we're going to get out of your hair. Game four for Avs Panthers cup finals will be on Monday. Well, we're still figuring out a time. Obviously that game is extremely long, uh, likely a little bit earlier than 6 PM though. So yeah, I would say tentatively plan for five. I would say that's a safe bet. Keep your eyes peeled on the DNVR Avs Twitter account and we'll keep you updated there. Thanks, everyone, for watching live or listening after the fact. We appreciate all of you and all of the support. We will be back on Monday. The Avalanche with Hayfully.